Well, today we're going to talk about overcoming adversity. Jim, there's one thing for sure we're going to have to deal with. Taxes and adversity. And and maybe they're synonymous. They are. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) But, um, you know, adversity is something um, we have to realize it's coming. It's going to come until you breathe your last or or God uh, does an Enoch and take you on up. You know, it's going to happen. And so we're going to talk about how do we overcome Adversity. What is adversity? What do, what do we mean by adversity? Difficulties, misfortunes, loss, criticism and betrayal. I mean, there, there, there's just so many. I, I've got a, another list here that uh, self-doubt, physical injuries or illnesses, rejection, poverty, losing a loved one. And uh, struggling to succeed in your selected career. Work can be challenging. Work can be uh, to a, at a time and a point uh, to be a challenge to get up every day and deal with the issues of that day. So, so how do we navigate these waters of difficulty and adversity? How, how do we navigate? We're going to talk about that today. And, um, and, and try to hopefully encourage you to take advantage of what the Lord's given us because he's given us the ability to overcome. He said, I have overcome. Well, let me tell you, if he has overcome, then we can overcome. He didn't put us here to get beat up every day. He put us here to teach us how to overcome. And we're going to talk, we got a lot of scriptures for you today. We're going to talk about a lot of things in regards to that. But uh, let's first of all look at the definition of overcoming. And then Jim has a perfect prayer of the Lord's, a perfect uh, poem that the Lord gave him that fits right into what we're talking about here. Um, Let's talk about overcoming. What's a good working definition um, dealing with the problems of life with a spiritual understanding so you can try to have an understanding of a fleshly carnal understanding or you can have a spiritual understanding and we're going to talk today about having a spiritual understanding when adversity comes your way another definition is um of an overcomer is one who recognizes the truth of his being and is renewing his mind and body. I like it where it says body. You need need to hear that today. (laughs) But renewing your mind and body uh, and affairs by changing his thoughts. You know, our thoughts determine a lot about our life. And so we're going to talk about that. And from the old mortal beliefs, carnal thinking. You know, the Lord said, we have the mind of Christ. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to tithe, fast, uh, do this, do that. Don't do this, do that to have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. goes on to say, to the new So we're basically renewing our mind and body 
and getting rid of that old stinking thinking and then the new as he sees them in the Christ mind. There's another definition for overcoming the world and that is to correct thoughts that fall short of our divine plan. You know, everyone listening today has a divine plan. In Jeremiah, it says, I have wonderful thoughts about you. I've got uh, thoughts of good, not bad. Sometimes I think people get so beat up by the world, they think it's God. And it's not. I tr- Trust me, it is not God putting all this stuff on you. We live in a lower realm. We live in a realm that is has f- many flaws in it. In his realm, there are no flaws. It's perfection. And we can live in that realm. Is it easy? No, no. We're not going to sit here and say, oh, man, it's easy to do. Because when this happens and that happens and it doesn't go your way, our immediate fleshly result is to get angry, get mad, get frustrated, yell, scream, squall, and bawl. And you know what? That's not taking your divine plan and... um, with a spiritual understanding, like we said in the definition. Yeah, the war actually begins, Rich. You know, you use that word squall and ball. The war begins when you come out of your mother's womb. <laughs> First thing the baby does is he starts crying and whining because he's confused, you know. He was in an area where he was surrounded by a nice watery substance and and didn't really have to do anything for his food. He was automatically fed in the womb. Um, And so as soon as he comes out, uh, (laughs) all of a sudden it's, I don't know what this world is, but I don't think I like it, (laughs) you know. And generally one of the first things the doctor does is smacks him on the behind. (laughs) Just to make sure that all those- behind keeps coming (laughs) I know, I wish it wouldn't. But yeah, it's the, the battle. The battle is in the mind. I mean, that's r- really what we're talking about. Where the battleground is. Uh, Jesus warned us many times that you know we would have tribulation in the earth because the earth has gotten out of line with the Father, and that's where all the problem is. When you come into this world, you came in uh, with a darkened understanding. Um, And so consequently, when you went to school, when you were raised by your parents, whoever they were, uh, what religious faith you were, uh, much of the stuff that you were reared in, at least after walking with Jesus for 45 years, I've come to realize that much of the things that I was indoctrinated into, much of the things that I believed, um, frankly, uh, were really not... um, thoughts that were going to give me deliverance over my adversary. Uh, If anything, I found out that much of the things that I believed into was the adversary. Um, And of course, that's a subject that could go on for the next couple of years, Rich, Mm -hmm. uh, about what we're believing and what we should be believing. But uh, yeah, you you covered a lot of traction here just the last couple of minutes. There's a lot of of things that that we could say, but... um, yeah, continue on. Uh, Jesus said that, you know, if you want to go on to maturity, Jesus said, even I learned obedience by the things which I suffered. 
Um, so I've been meditating on that for the last day or two also. Uh, you would think well, Jesus must have known what obedience meant, mm-hmm. but it said that he learned mm-hmm. obedience. Interesting. Yeah, he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. And you know, I hate to admit it because I've always tried to escape suffering all my life. And there's a lot of Gospels out there that you can listen to that promise you cheesecake, Cadillac in every garage, and everything's going to come up hunky-dory. And that's fine if it's working for you. But I said under Gospels messages like that, and it didn't necessarily work for me. I found that most of the growth that I had uh, was when I was going through times of adversity. Um, you know, it's I heard the old adage, the guy goes to the gym so he can develop his muscles what does he do you know he presses more weight and greater weight and greater weight and mm-hmm. and i think you know the lord i think that's where the scripture comes from where the lord says i'll never put on you more than what you can stand uh, but there's the weight there and god wants us to lift that weight through his grace and through his mercy and and that's another thing i ended with this rich um i think a lot of these things that we go through uh really are god's way even though this may sound strange, it's God's way of revealing his love to us. We're in a very dark, challenging situation down here in this earth. I mean, let, let's be honest about it. Like Rich was saying in the beginning, everybody goes through tribulation. I don't care who you are. Um, I mean, there's as many, if not more people in Indian Hill, the wealthy sections that commit suicide than there is in the poorer neighborhoods. So we know that money is not the answer. Okay, so where is the answer? And um, Jesus came 2,000 years ago to give us that revelation. I am the way and I am the answer. Gets back to focus again like Brother Rich was saying. Mm -hmm. And the, um, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's all there. It's It's all in Christ that we can be delivered from the pain and suffering of adversity. Yeah, of everyday living. And you know when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, the life he was talking about was not necessarily a big fat paycheck, heal your body and give you Cadillac. There is another life that God's sons and daughters should be walking in in this earth. And it's a supernatural life. It's uh, And this is where I feel like many of the the churches have missed the um, the mystical side of this salvation. It is a mystical side. I mean, God wants us walking in what he calls life, which is a completely different life than what we're walking in in this earth. You may be thinking that you're walking, and there was a time when, you know, I was super, well, I'm still blessed, but I mean, there was a time that uh, I had everything and then some more, couldn't ask for any more, really. Uh, but I never found enjoyment in it. I never, there was something always lacking. And, and um, so consequently, uh, I was looking for more, even outside my marriage and so on and so forth. And, and I fell in very troubling times. And, and thank God that he allowed me to fall into those troubling times to where I went through a lot of mental anguish. Um, because it just seems like those are the times that we look up. I know, let's put it this way. When our earthly man is looking down, our spiritual man starts looking up. Hate to say it, (laughs) and I've avoided this message for many, many decades uh, because I don't want suffering. I'm not encouraging the Lord to put more suffering on me. But somehow, saints of God, 
we have to balance this thing out and understand what adversity and what suffering is all about. Yeah. Because we all go through it. And Jim, doesn't it all begin in our in our thoughts? Oh, absolutely. You know, just like it said, to overcome, to correct the thoughts that fall short of who God says we are. I mean, who God says you are and who you may think you are could be two different things. Oh, yeah. Because he looks at you as perfect. Mm-hmm. That's right. You don't look at yourself as perfect. I know I don't. But if God says I'm perfect, who are we to argue? <laughs> Jesus was the one that said, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Exactly. So has it manifested? Not yet. Is it manifesting? It yes. Agrees. It agrees. Yeah. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Right. Here a little, there a little. Glory to glory. Right. But right. that's the good news. It's getting better. Right. Amen. It's getting better. It's not getting worse. Amen. Well, my body's aching and this, I don't care. That's temporal. That's temporary. That's going to go away. What's going to be eternal is the real you. Mm-hmm. And that's your, your soul with his spirit combined together. You are perfect. Mm-hmm. In his fullness. It's correct. You know, and, and again, it, it, it's manifesting each and every day. Mm-hmm. Because he did say that um, that work that he began in you, he's going to complete it. He's going to bring it to completion. He's going to finish it. So it is going to be finished. It may be on this side, maybe on the other side, but it is going to be finished, period. You can count on that. It's a promise of God. Jim, I'm going to read this scripture that will make it makes me squeam a little squeamish and probably make others, but it's so, so true. It's so good. And this is out of the J.B. Phillips, and it's in James, First James, starting with verse 2 to verse 8. Please listen to this. Oh, gosh, it's, it's so much wisdom in this. It says, when all kinds of trials and temptations crowd into your lives... Don't resent them as intruders, but welcome them as friends. Well, we got to stop there. That's a different whole frame of mind right uh, it, there. Again, back to the thought From process. From the human mind, yes. What you're thinking. Yes. If you're looking at them saying, when you hear some of the scriptures we're going to give you today, you'll understand this scripture better. Because some of the scriptures we're going to give you basically explains how God uses that, we're not saying he put that on you. We're saying he uses it for your betterment. To lift you into the heavenly places. Right. So so it's a thought process. Okay, I can sit here and have a pity party and say, oh, woe is me because I've got all these trials and temptations. Or I can say, Oh, goody, God's going to use this, and he's going to bring all this and to my good. Because the Bible clearly says in Romans 8.28 that all things work together for our good to those who are in Christ Jesus. So, so if you look at it that way, you say, oh, well, all these trials and temptations, all this disappointment, loss, betrayal, Uh, Everything that we talked about earlier in the program, God's going to use 
those adversities for your good. Because he says if your attitude's right, if your thinking is is in line spiritually, then this is what happens. James goes on to say, but let the process go on until that endurance is fully developed. So it starts with you, you have these trials. Then the next thing is your attitude says, yeah, I don't like it, but I know God's going to make lemonade out of these lemons that I've been dealt with. And then at that point, it says, but let the process go on until the endurance is fully developed. And you will find you have become men and women of mature character with the right sort of independence. You know, a lot of people out there, Jim, think that if you're following Jesus and all that, that you've given up your independence. They think that you're being controlled and this, that, and the other by a cult or whatever whatever they want to call it. Yeah, that's your old man saying, I want to remain in control. Right. <laughs> but the, the truth of the matter is if, if without Jesus, you are a prisoner right. to your lustful right. Lower thoughts. desires. Right. You know, and I'm not saying lustful meaning sexual, just sexual, but it's, it's all that's of the of above. Them. That's for that's sure. That's one of them. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just interesting that um, if we have the right frame of mind and we trust that all this is going to work out, here's here's a a play on words that I really like. It says, if we don't trust him in the midst of adversity, we won't be trustworthy in the abundance. Yeah, it's very true. The scripture says that... uh, yeah, if if he can't trust you with a little, um, you know, people that have maybe an abundance of money and uh, they never share, you know, they, they won't give one dime of it away to anybody, uh, then you can't be trusted with the greater things. You can't be trusted with the divine, the higher divine spiritual things. It's yeah, true. Yeah, trust, you trust in him. It's just, well, I mean, it's no different than... You know, dads and moms out there that have the keys to the car. You know, why do you think they have them have a a temporary license and require that, in most cases, mom and dad sit with them or some instructor sit with them? What are they doing? They're developing trust so that mom and dad can one day give them the keys to the car and pray and hope and wish that they stay safe. Yeah. And stay they don't sober. hurt themselves or anybody else. Because it it's that's a great analogy of our life. We have to you know I think God does the same thing. He 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 wants to see he gives us a little, wants to see how we're going to do with it, then he builds on it. But um, Jim another scripture that um, is in 1 Peter 4:12 through 16. It says now, dear friend of, friends of mine, I beg you not to be unduly alarmed at the fiery ordeals which come to test your faith, 
as though there was some abnormal experience. Doesn't this sound just like James, just like the one we just read? It sounds just like it. As though there, this were some abnormal experience. You should be glad. Now, we're not sitting here saying, man, this is easy stuff. I mean, everybody could just turn the flip the switch and, and they'd be just like this. It's a process. It's a process. Because it means that you are called to share Christ's sufferings. Just like Jim said. And one day when he shows himself in full splendor to men, you will be filled. This is, this is great news here. You want some good news? Here we go. You will be filled, it's a promise, with the most tremendous joy. And isn't that what people are seeking nowadays is peace and joy? I mean, if you look out there, there's not a lot of peace and joy out there. They get excited over the Bengals winning or... Or a football, or a basketball team, or baseball team. What they people get all excited and pay all this money to go see these athletes perform, but that's not joy. That's not the joy that the Bible's talking about. It's temporary. It's very temporary. Joy comes from within, way deep from within us, and and you know the Bible says the joy of the Lord. That's where we get our strength. Do you have that poem, Jim, or anything? <laughs> I'll tell you, I'm looking at so many poems right now. Okay, <laughs> no, well, fire, fire them up, does. man. Which let's, one does? Let's go. we got to <laughs> do one poem. We're going to take yeah. a break, and then we'll come back. Yeah, well, you mentioned before uh, we were talking about true freedom uh, really is a state of mind uh, when you're walking in a Christ consciousness, and that's what we're talking about. Yes. You know, so many of our brothers and sisters in the religious world are afraid to use the word consciousness because it sounds like many of these other, what we would consider cults out there. But really, you know, when you first got saved, let's be honest about it, uh, the first thing that happened to you was you took on a God consciousness. Mm -hmm. You lost your old consciousness, mm -hmm. the, the old man, the old way of living. And um, I just stumbled across one of the poems here the Lord gave me some time back a year ago, and it says, Freedom is the state of mind that I've called you to be. Now, that's something you can take to the bank right there. Freedom is the state of mind that I've called you to be. But freedom can only be found in oneness with me. Mm -hmm. And God's talking about in that oneness, this is, gets back to what Brother Rich was talking about, the process of coming into one mm -hmm. with the Lord. You know, he just he keeps chipping off here and chipping off there. And the more he chips off, the more this mosaic peace this puzzle starts coming into focus sculpture. yeah and a sculpture here. right and freedom can only be found in oneness with me freedom is the place in which the eagles take flight for they have eyes that can even see in the night even in the times of darkness the eagle can see because he's flying in high places the eagle soars over the valleys and he glides over the deep and that's what we're supposed to be able to do in Christ. We can't do this within ourselves. We need the grace and the mercy of God that when we come into these valley times in our life, it says the eagle soars yes. over the valleys. He soars over them, okay? Mm -hmm. And he glides. He just glides over the deep. He lets the winds, of his wings of prayer and praise, the winds just lift him up. And it says, 
and he can fly over the mountains that can be oh so steep. But when he goes home for his time of rest, the eagle will sleep in a tall, tall tree. He knows that it's best to be safe from any lurking enemy. You've got to stay focused on the Lord. You've got to stay in that high place in Christ in order to keep you safe from the enemy because the enemy is always lurking. He's always lurking. You're in a world full of enemies if you haven't already figured that out on your own. And it says, And he will renew your strength for the new morning to go. This gives the eagle peace and an assurance to know he will see the new day with a fresh strength and a new glow. Yeah, that's good. I love an eagle analogy because an eagle, like you said, soars. He doesn't flap his wings and say, oh, man, I hope I can get to the next tree or something. He uses the winds of adversity. He uses the winds of adversity through the wings of praise and prayer and and another thing, his eyesight is perfect. I don't know if there's a being that God created with better eyesight. He can be way up there. He could be a thousand feet up in the air and see a fish swimming yeah. and go down and swoop down and pick it out of the water. I mean, that just amazes me. But anyway, we're going to take a break. <laughs> 